Namaste, everybody, and welcome to the Level Up podcast. My name is Aaron Petty. I'm a yoga teacher, a teacher trainer, but most importantly, forever a student of this incredible tradition. And my name is Paige Taylor. I'm a yoga teacher, student of Ayurveda, advocate for sustainable living, and lover of all beings. Now, our goal with this podcast is to dive into how we as humans can live more intentional, ethical, and sustainable lives. And also how we can come into harmony with ourselves, others, and the earth in the process. And on this week's episode, we are going to be exploring some of the foundational concepts of Ayurveda. Mm. which is uh, Paige's major area of study at the moment. I know I'm so nervous to like lead a podcast. I feel like I'm always just like the assistant to you. And uh, <laughs> I, I feel like as we've just started this, the pressure has sunk in. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure it's going to be great. I've heard you talking in bed and everywhere else about Ayurveda for yeah. the last 12 months mm-hmm. so i look forward to diving into these couple of things with you mm. but before that should we tell everyone what we've been up to recently sure um so Paige and i have just moved back to berwick which is uh where i'm from and it's where our studio is located um just so that we could have a little bit more input in the studio so that we could be a little closer to the community it was very exciting for us to move back um we've been living by the beach for the last couple of years and um i think all i want to say is that over the next month there are going to be some big changes to our business um in all aspects we're kind of redesigning every single part of level up Mm. from the ground up yeah if you listen to our last podcast you would have listened to us hint that we're rebranding very soon um which is really exciting so keep an eye out for that we'll do a whole podcast on that um, yeah and why yeah exactly um but yeah, it's, it's all very, very exciting and I can't wait to share with everyone what, what's coming next. And, you know, I, I echo what you said. It's, it's just brought a lot of like fresh eyes for us, for our business, just settling back in Berwick. And um, yeah, since we've been back, we've had so much more inspiration, so much creativity, so much passion kind of, you know, explode from our beings. Yeah, and it's so funny. I've always been here and it's not the most yogic place in the world. Mm. It's not the most, you know, picturesque place in the world. But I think just being around family and being around community and, um, yeah, just feeling really grounded and nourished has been, yeah, it's been filling us up in many ways. Mm, I agree. So, yeah, if you're around Beric, hit us up. Yeah, <laughs> let's definitely do some, come and visit. Let's do some breathing and some asana and meditation mm. together. Anyway, let's jump into today's topics, Paigey. Cool. Um, what is Ayurveda? So, I just want to start by kind of prefacing that, you know, Ayurveda is somewhat viewed as a complicated science or a, or a very intricate science. Um, an expansive science, which is true. There are so many uh, different aspects of Ayurveda. And, um, you know, it, it's common 
to hear from an Ayurvedic doctor or an Ayurvedic practitioner or anyone that's read a book on Ayurveda that you should do this and you should not do this and do this but don't do this but only do this when you do this <laughs> um ayurveda has a lot of rules a lot of guidelines so many rules <laughs> which is true and i mean i like rules but um <laughs> i guess it can be really overwhelming at the start and it's hard to know what applies to you and what doesn't and yeah i just want to uh, wanted to really talk about this on the podcast because ayurveda can be really simple and ayurveda should be really simple and when we kind of unpacked these really foundational concepts of ayurveda we'll talk about a few things today and we'll get to the doshas at the end but when we can understand these concepts on a very foundational very tangible very accessible level it makes ayurveda very simple and not only that, but it allows you to apply Ayurveda to your everyday life. Why should you be interested in yoga? I mean, sorry, why mm. should you be interested in Ayurveda as a yoga student? Mm. Yeah, this is really interesting because um, I guess Ayurveda is kind of a little bit lost in the West at the moment. I think it's definitely having its, um, what's the word? Resurgence. Like, yeah, resurgence. Um but when I studied yoga for the st- first time, I don't think I ever heard about Ayurveda, and I'm sure you didn't either. I did a little bit. Oh, okay. I got a little bit. We got like a quiz. Mm. We got like a interesting scrape your tongue. Oh yeah, I mean, I got stuff. I got the tongue scraper and the neti pot, but I I don't think I I really understood it. And uh, I also think that when I first started learning yoga, my my I guess the expansion of my mind was only so much yeah <laughs> you can't like I'm still trying to figure out how to touch my toes don't yeah. tell me about the <laughs> yeah. concepts of the universe you can't accept all the information at once or you know uh, I'm also embody all the information at once so I'm sure that my beautiful mm-hmm. teachers shared Ayurveda with me and I think that's also the power of us sharing in this way sharing these little mm. podcasts these little digestible chunks Nuggets. of lecture mm. where uh, it's done in this really conversational way so that you guys can start to understand big concepts uh, but broken down into little little digestible pieces. Yeah, well, that's where the magic is, you know, being able to understand and implement these practices, whether they be yoga or Ayurveda, like in your everyday life is key. It's, it's what, what it's all about. Mm. But as a yoga student, you should be interested in Ayurveda because Ayurveda is the sister science of yoga. And what that means is that I don't know. Have we? I think we haven't done a history of yoga yet, but I, that's on my uh, list of podcasts to do next. <laughs> um, but uh, yoga comes from the Vedas, which is the uh, scriptures of ancient India. Um, the and knowledge of the laws of nature. Yeah, and from these Vedas, these scriptures, Ayurveda also emerged. And Ayurveda is the uh, holistic health system of ancient India. So it's a health system that uh, doesn't discriminate and it really encompasses everything. I think a lot of our Western medicine or a lot of our modern health systems kind of just look at maybe diet, barely lifestyle, sometimes lifestyle, um, and just like medication, <laughs> mm. really, it's just like, oh, you've got a problem. This is, this is it. Our Western medical system is really based on uh, symptoms and fixing the symptom, or more so masking the symptom uh, with medication. And Ayurveda really uh, is quite the opposite. It looks to dive really deep into any symptoms, and it's it notes symptoms as a reaction of a root problem. 
And so Ayurveda really works with every aspect of our life, our lifestyle, our food that we eat, our exercise that we do, our therapies that we take up, our herbs that we ingest. Anything else you can think of? Obviously meditation included in yoga. Meditation and asana are included within Ayurveda. Yeah. And um, yeah, so Ayurveda kind of looks at these, you know, pillars of our life as a whole and works with any symptoms to find a root cause of the problem. Rather than masking uh, the symptoms, they look to the root cause and then fixing that through lifestyle or herbs or other practices. And then from there, watching the symptom kind of dissipate, (laughs) which is the original way of doing it. I think I just, before we want to move on, just add in that it's often said that yoga and Ayurveda are not only sister sciences, but they are an inseparable Mm. pair. Hurry on to that. (laughs) It's so funny because in the the old days, uh, ancient India days, uh, you had to learn Ayurveda before you learned yoga. You had to understand yourself as a unique constitutional being before uh, being able to practice any yogic practices because they're so different depending on your constitution depending on your dosha yeah and very much the way that we share yoga especially in a one-on-one setting Mm -hmm. anyone that does one-on-one sessions with either of us the foundation of what we share with that person Um, in the way of what asana they're doing, what pranayama they're doing, what type of meditation they're doing, um, that all lies around their Ayurvedic constitution. So it's it's very much the precursor to, to yoga practice. Once you understand your Ayurvedic constitution, your Ayurvedic body type, um, then you can start to very intelligently select the right type of yoga practices, Hatha yoga practices, that will move you towards a state of of balance and vitality. And yeah, it's funny to see how opposite our uh, modern yoga culture in the West is uh, to to that concept. They uh, there's a lot of just one size fits all and it's just like a, a public class to suit everyone and really it's not suiting everyone because it's not tridoshic or samadosha meaning mm. that, that it pacifies all the doshas for everyone most of the time the modern western yoga practice is aggravating to I'm going to say vata probably the most and pitta the second most um, <laughs> and we'll get into that a little bit later but it's it's so interesting that you know that's kind of where we're at in in modern times is that we've kind of strayed far away from the traditions of having ayurveda as your foundational knowledge and then practicing yoga from that place and we're kind of backwards we're just practicing yoga and then uh maybe learning ayurveda down the track if if it arises for you yeah Mm. cool Okay. Um, I want to define Ayurveda because it was one of the first questions you asked me, but I wanted to preface first. Cool. So, so what is Ayurveda? So Ayu means life or vitality or... There's another word, but it slipped my mind. And uh, Veda means knowledge, science or wisdom. And so really what Ayurveda means is this science of life, this wisdom of vitality. Hmm. And it's like beautiful, that. yeah. It's, it's this concept of you know it's nothing you don't already know all this information is already inside of you it's already known to your intuition to your buddhi to that part of you that is true self 
but when we t- come into this life, we get conditioned, we grow up and we go to school and we kind of get stripped away from this, this inner knowledge of, of what it is to live a life of vitality and what it is to be healthy. And I think just on that, Veda is like the laws of nature as well. It's, mm. There's this whole bit around it's um, the science, but it's a natural science. Yeah. It's, it's um, harnessing the power of nature so that we can come back into balance with that natural state. Mm. And it's very methodical. There's a lot we love um the science of yoga and Ayurveda, specifically Samkhya, because it's so logical and it's so methodical. And, you know, when we, we speak about these incredible concepts that are so, uh, you know, expansive and vast, it's so nice to have these uh, logical systems or sciences that really categorize things for us to understand. Because, you know, uh, I mean just by these systems the you can't really categorize the infinite or nature itself but it's nice to try and it's nice to understand um from a very logical tangible and accessible way these these sciences because that's where most people are yeah like most of us live in a very all of us live in a dual awareness Mm. Meaning that we do compartmentalize things. Mm. We do put things into opposites and Mm. and categorizations. So to view ourselves and to view the universe from this lens that is uh, logical makes Mm. sense. It makes sense for us to understand. And then there's the practice of meditation, yoga, and Ayurveda. And when we practice in these ways, we get the really felt feminine embodied sense of awareness. And then these sciences just kind of like cement things for us. And it's powerful to have both. Like you said, we live in a dualistic society, a dualistic body, uh, where we need to understand both in order to have contrast, in order to truly understand the depths of what we're talking about. Mm. But yeah, it all kind of ends in the felt experience, doesn't Mm -hmm. it? Yeah, for sure. Cool. Okay, so where did you want to start? Um, I guess I just want to start by saying that, you know, the concept of yoga and Ayurveda says that uh, us as human beings are the microcosm of the macrocosm. And what that really means is that everything that exists outside of us in, in the universe, in nature, so the five elements, earth, water, fire, air, ether, uh, and everything else that resides without with outside of us <laughs> also resides within us and it speaks to just this idea that we are simply a reflection of nature we are simply a reflection of the universe uh existing as a human being mm. you can i like to think of it like you know my veins are the rivers mm. yeah. and the light of my awareness is like the light of the sun that illuminates things yeah my breath is the wind no, you you could really look at it in that way as a very internal visual representation. Mm. Um, but yeah, that's very much the belief is that every single person is a direct reflection of the universe. Mm. And, you know, as just mentioned, the five elements and... I think it's important to note as we start to move into this conversation around Ayurveda is that everybody uh, consists of the same five elements and it's just the different proportions and ratios of these elements that makes us all different. Mm. And if we look out at nature and we look at, say, a rock, you know, a rock exists with all five elements uh, inside being earth, water, air, 
fire ether. <laughs> um, but it's just the different ratios of those elements that make up the constitution of a rock. So there's obviously a lot more air. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yes, those airy rocks. You bang them and they... <laughs> a lot more earth in rocks than air and ether. And that what's what makes them so dense and heavy and rock-like. And then you think of, say, like a butterfly as an opposite. Um, and there's obviously a lot more air and ether and maybe even a bit more fire uh, in a butterfly than a rock. And that's what allows the butterfly to fly. It's what allows the butterfly to be colorful and light and, and airy. And mm. I think just being able to understand that these different uh, constitutions, these different ratios of the elements also exist within us as humans. Mm. <laughs> but before Paige we is go a little more airy. <laughs> yeah. And I'm a little more rock-like. Yeah. I've got a lot of fire, though. <laughs> I've got a lot of water. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so that's it's a very important uh, concept to understand. We'll chat about the doshas a little bit later on, but yeah, just a key concept to understand. And so I thought that I, we would first talk about something I really love to talk about in Ayurveda is this concept of some yoga and V yoga. Yoga? Yoga. <laughs> and what does yoga mean? Um, <laughs> good question. Uh, yoga is the union of the small self and the infinite self mm. so yoga really is our our uh, our capacity to connect to ourselves on a deep level others on a deep level and the divine our, our relationship with god our relationship with nature on a on a uh, deep level as well and, and i think for this context we could just say that yoga is a state mm. of awareness that is balanced yeah yeah, it's just like that state where you get out of a yoga practice or a meditation practice and you're just in pure bliss or, uh, you know, presence. Um, and that's just like a very simple uh, way of understanding yoga in this context. And so we go back to these two words, sam yoga and vi yoga. And sam means... Uh, I've forgotten what... To move towards. Yeah, but I don't know what the exact translation is. <laughs> Strengthening? Yeah. Um, but yeah, basically this concept of some yoga is that which moves us closer towards this state of yoga, that which strengthens our connection to ourselves, others, and the divine, that which moves us in the direction of lightness and clarity. And V yoga on the other end of the contrast, V meaning to separate or uh, to strip away or to move away from this state of yoga as a deep connection to self, others and divine. And so we can look at these two concepts and really understand these as the most foundational concepts of Ayurveda um, as categories, that which moves us closer to that state of pure presence and balanced awareness and that which moves us away from that state powerful concept i know which one i want to be moving towards <laughs> yeah and so you know if you have the space now maybe i love doing this exercise but you might be driving so it might not be relevant but if you have the Do space not hand right and drive <laughs> if you have the space maybe pause this podcast after i finish this sentence and take some time to journal without too much uh analyzing of your life and note a few things down that you have in your life that you think bring you towards the state of yoga 
what things or practices or feelings that you that exist within you that really draw you towards this state of deep union connection and what are a few things that take you away from that what separate you from your true self and your connection with everything else it can be a very simple task why don't we do a little list okay go for it um so we'll start with some yoga Mm -hmm. i think for me eating healthy is a good one and healthy doesn't mean just like salads (laughs) (laughs) salads but really what um allows me to feel light what is easily digestible what's full of nutrients Mm. um what's good for your constitution as well yeah exactly it can be very different between the two of us it's very much like noticing how i feel after a meal do i feel you know nourished and full and and comfortable or do i feel heavy and yucky and then i've got belly problems for the rest of the day very interesting because i've been doing some journaling for some homework for one of my courses and just this concept that i think is quite new for me is that i don't have to feel heavy and full to (laughs) be feeling nourished yeah so interesting um so what else i think just like having a nice routine Mm. um being around friends and family Mm -hmm. that that are aligned in that way Mm -hmm. um i think for me some yoga is exercise at the moment i'm Mm -hmm. just finding i really need to get out there and push myself for an hour riding my bike Mm -hmm. or running or whatever that is that's a kapha thing um what else is some yoga you know turning my phone off Mm. before i go to bed and spending that hour or two before i go to sleep without a phone Mm -hmm. um your yoga practice yeah definitely i was actually trying to stay away from yoga practice but yeah definitely um yoga asana definitely meditation at the moment Mm -hmm. um i've been doing lots of meditation recently Mm -hmm. um for me I was the last thing I was going to say was just having a, a job and yeah. a business that really aligns with that that helps me to move towards that yeah. um, and isn't really taxing on my energy or my creativity. Mm, beautiful. For me, I think uh, cooking has mm. been one as of late. I really love cooking. Um, and similar to what Aaron said, cooking these really nurturing and really nourishing meals for us both uh, and understanding what is good for me and what is good for Aaron or what is good for both of us um, has been really powerful. Some other practices, yeah, routine, janacharya, getting up in the morning and doing my, my routine of scraping my tongue, washing my face, brushing my teeth, doing my oil pulling. Dancing. Dancing. Singing. <laughs> sometimes shaking um and in the evening doing like an abhyanga practice and even a bath if i have time or i don't have any excess heat in my body Um, dried mangoes (laughs) dried mangoes (laughs) um yeah and and just deep connection really with others has been something for me i think you know our relationship has is really allowed me to step towards yoga am Um, i your some yoga yeah you're my that's so sweet um and yeah connection with others as well i i echo obviously everything aaron said as well and then v yoga things that what uh 
strips us away from that or what separates us from that state of union and connection for me is definitely my phone yeah spending longer than five minutes on your phone usually does that it's hard when you run a business as well but yeah technology zaps the crap out of me (laughs) (laughs) eating fried food eating onion and garlic uh yeah falling over (laughs) i guess so (laughs) It's a random one. <laughs> uh, I was thinking like illness and injury. Yeah, illness and injury, yeah. I, I have a tendency to fall over a lot. Mm. Um, you know, being just around people that, that are... Don't align. Yeah, not aligning like that. Yeah, and don't accept you or, or this way of living as, as the truth. That can yeah. be very stressful and, and quite uh, separative of, of you and who you are i guess what about like the weather does the weather have definitely the weather affects doshas i'll tell you what uh the the ducted heating (laughs) in our new house is just that is some yoga that makes me feel so dry and terrible that i just have no anything to do anything yeah it is quite dry (laughs) i feel like a dried out (laughs) sponge okay i think that's enough um (laughs) But you get the idea. These these concepts of some yoga and v yoga uh, are very powerful. And you know, when I kind of spoke about at the start, these Ayurveda has all these rules of do this and don't do this and do this, but don't do this. It really just comes back to this concept of some yoga and v yoga, and it's going to be different for everyone. And so, being able to observe, understand, and, and see with clarity what it is that moves you towards these states of yoga and what it is that moves you away from these states of yoga is powerful. Yeah, for sure. I think that makes it the most simple thing ever. It's Mm. just like Ayurveda says, do what's good for you Mm. and don't do what's not good for you. Yeah. (laughs) And only you know what's good and what's not for you. Yeah, definitely. It just gets a little bit um, foggy when uh you like doing things that are bad for you (laughs) yeah definitely that's super common um but yeah i mean deep down you know what you need to call more in of uh, more of in (laughs) into your life and what you need to uh remove from your life a little bit and um yeah that's the simplicity of the practice is just do more of what you need and do less of what you don't need (laughs) how do you want to that Mm mm-hmm Okay, and now let's chat about this concepts faster. And it goes back to what we were saying just a few moments ago about everybody having a unique constitution, everybody being made up a little bit differently. And this concepts faster, sva means self, and sta means to be firmly grounded in or to be established in. And so this concept of svasta speaks to our ability to be firmly grounded or established in our sense of self and funny enough sanskrit has you know 10 or 15 translations of english uh into every sanskrit word and another translation of this word svasta is health healthy um and it's just so interesting and and such a foreign concept in western uh medical health you know land um that our health or our our state of health is directly related to our ability to be grounded and established in our sense of self Mm. knowing who you are yeah and what you need and at at this day and time there's so much separation between who we are and maybe who we want to be i don't know what the other word would be i think also just the fact that 
you know, so many of us look outward mm. for our sense of self. Yeah. We, you know, define ourselves by all of these things outside of ourselves. Yeah. You know, clothing or jobs or partners or friendship groups or job titles. And not only that, but we um, tend to seek our personality from an outward source, you know. Uh, what is it called emulating mm. what the lifestyles that we see through social media emulating the lifestyles that we see through television or movies or mm. the media or what the you know media tells us what we should be like or mm. our parents tell us what we should be like and i think this first is so beautiful because it says no how about we turn inwards and figure out who we are figure out who you are first yeah. And allow that to guide you towards perfect health, the memory of perfect health. Yeah, and that ex all exists within us, that memory of perfect health, whether you can remember it or not. Um, your body can remember your it. Your body can remember it, and even your soul can remember it if this, this life, your body hasn't been very healthy. Uh, but it's important to know that you can recognize that, that state of perfect health, and it's going to be completely unique to you and, and your body. Um but really what it all comes down to is this state of acceptance of not trying to change anything uh, and just starting with this place of acceptance because if we can accept ourselves for who we are, uh, then we can make changes and movements in ways that, that we wish to go. But if we start with this idea of I don't want to be like this, this separation between me and who I want to be, it creates suffering. And we can see the amount of... Uh, plastic surgeries we can see in the amount of botox treatments lip fillers uh, all sorts of different surgeries um, and treatments these days to make us look different or make us look uh, i don't know yeah different. more in line with in alignment with social narratives yeah. of what beauty is yeah and it's it's a sad construct because you know, I, I'm all for empowering people to make choices that empower them. But at the end of the day, we have to, at some point, accept who we are and who we were born as. And accept that that is perfect and that is beautiful. Yeah. Simply for being alive, you are mm -hmm. perfect. And I think for people that do, you know, go through surgeries and, you know, even uh, transgender people these days, I, th I think, you know, these are so powerful. Science has come so far to be able to create these, these shifts and changes for people to feel more empowered and for people to feel more aligned. But I think having like a base layer of acceptance has to come first mm. because we can't, you know, if, if we make changes from this, this, I guess, separation. Yeah, and I think there's also this thing of like, maybe inside you feel different mm. and changing something externally, whether that's your outfit or your physical appearance, could allow you to express yourself in a new way, mm. to allow yourself to express yourself more accidentally. Yeah. And I think like with, especially on the, the transgender thing mm. and the, the um you know that that gender personality mm -hmm. is more expressive of who that person actually mm -hmm. is 100 percent, and that creates this foster yeah like they're thriving more within that new self exactly 
Very powerful. Yeah, it's a very interesting concept. I think it's just got to come from the right place. Because I think that if it just comes from this social pressure of needing to look a certain way, uh, rather than, yeah, like as you said, this deep knowing or longing to be expressing yourself as, as something else. Mm. Um you know, if it's just from this social pressure, it can it can cause a lot of separation and a lot of dis-ease within your body and within your soul. Yeah. That was a bit of an off track, but I liked it. Yeah. I mean, it's just such a beautiful concept, Svasta, just like be who you are yeah. and be firmly established in that mm. and that let that be the foundation of your health. Yeah, let health arise from that space. Yeah. And, you know, it's, it doesn't need to come from anyone else that, that you know what's right for you deep yeah. down in your heart of hearts. You mm-hmm. know what the right thing is for your health. Mm-hmm. Um, so listen to that. Yeah. Um, powerful. <laughs> so next, I thought let's chat about the doshas. Kind of like the... Buzzword. Buzzword at the moment around Ayurveda. It's <laughs> I don't think at the moment. I think forever. Forever. Uh, if you haven't heard somebody ask what's my dosha, then have you ever heard about Ayurveda? Maybe not. <laughs> <laughs> but really, uh, so Ayurveda um, speaks to these uh, unique constitutions and uh, they are comprised of the elements. So the five elements cat- get categorized into three doshas. Um, kapha, K-A-P-H-A, which is earth and water. Pitta, P-I-T-T-A, which is fire and water. And Vata, which is V-A-T-A, air and ether. And so these three doshas are comprised of the five elements. Um, And before we get into that, I want to talk about dosha, the word dosha. Uh, It actually means fault, impurity or mistake. And I think that's important to know because so many people are like, what's my dosha? What's my dosha? Tell me my dosha. And What's wrong with me? What's wrong with me? <laughs> Tell exactly me what's wrong what with it me. Is. <laughs> is, it's, it's, it's wanting to understand, you know, it's pretty much the equivalent of saying like, what's my fault? <laughs> and it really highlights our obsession with wanting to know <laughs> what's wrong with us or highlighting the, the negatives of, of our life and, you know, it's just, I think it's important to understand that because there shouldn't be such a big, you know, hurrah around around our faults. I think it's empowering to understand our tendencies and our constitution, but I don't think there needs to be this whole, I'm a vata, because it, it creates this uh, identification with something. And, you know, it's... And that identification creates rigidity. Yes. And it makes it very hard for you to change. But the truth of it is that doshas are constantly changing. Always changing. Literally always. Um, but, yeah, it's, you know, this identification creates this rigidity. Exactly what you said. And when we begin to over-identify with something, we we begin to become consumed <laughs> by that. And it, it doesn't always reflect us. And so... It's quite similar to star signs and stuff like that. Like I'm a Virgo and recently I've done my Vedic chart and I'm not a Virgo at all. And, you know, just like this creation of identification with these words and these these things in order to understand ourselves whilst empowering can also be consuming. So just to 
pre-warning on that. Yeah, it can, can become like a karma of the mind mm. where the mind just continues to seek out these experiences because that's what we know we are. Yeah. Um, and it can be like used to like spiritually bypass uh, like toxic traits. <laughs> like, no, I'm just a Virgo. I'm very controlling. Yeah, I'm just a Pitta, so I'm allowed to be angry all the time. Yeah. Um, and that's, you know, that's, that's where... That's not what Ayurveda is about. That's, yeah, that's where it starts to go a bit haywire. <laughs> um, but, yeah, so it, it can be really empowering to understand your doshas. And, and when we speak about doshas now, we're speaking, speaking about all three. And uh, it's important to preface, as we said before, with the microcosm of the macrocosm, every single human being is comprised of the five elements, meaning they are comprised of the three doshas so all the three doshas exist within you you are vata pitta kapha exactly you are all three uh however it's just the ratios the proportions of these doshas that change to make us uniquely us and so there's two concepts to introduce here uh prakriti and vikriti prakriti is that of our unique constitution is you know, there's a few different um, concepts of, of when Prakriti exists. But, you know, the most common one is uh, your Prakriti is your unique constitution of the three doshas when you were born. So at the moment you were born, your three doshas lined in a certain way that allowed the state of perfect health to be. And that is what your prakriti is, your your perfect uh, aligned constitution of the doshas. However, some uh, schools of thought suggest that your prakriti exists at the time of conception. So at the time where the sperm and the ovum met was where your prakriti existed. And then even throughout the pregnancy, uh, things could change and alter that so that you were no longer in a state of aligned health. And even some other schools of thought say your prakriti actually is conceived at the first thought of you. So when your parents decided, mm, let's have a baby, at that moment is when your prakriti was conceived. But I mean, it's pretty common to just say the prakriti is when you were born. And then from that state, um, you are, you know, go pushed through the school system, conditioned by your parents, your family. You have all sorts of inputs in your life that make you... Uh, different and so the other state of um health is vikriti and vikriti speaks to a state of imbalance of the doshas and so what this means is imbalance between your prakriti so your balanced state of the doshas and vikriti being that of imbalance within the doshas and so this can happen from a range of external circumstances internal circumstances family life conditioning society physical illness uh, so many things can cause vikriti or imbalance within your doshas and when we are talking about what's my dosha meaning the dosha my fault uh, what we are generally referring to is what is the dosha that for you is the most likely to go out of balance yeah what's my imbalance what is my imbalance what is the my tendency uh, to go out of balance in I think just I'll just jump in here mm -hmm. and just say that usually these imbalances attract more of themselves. Mm -hmm. So like attracts like is kind of the general rule. Opposites if you balance. are imbalanced in a way, um, you will continue to pull toward you 
more experiences that will continually contribute to that imbalance. Exactly, and this is what Aaron was speaking and to. And it'll feel good. This is what Aaron was speaking to before about this over-identification with doshas. Because if I was to say I'm a vata, and that's just who I am, and so I eat if you know, chips that are full of air or I, you know, attract experiences that make me feel airy or light and and dry and, and windy, <laughs> um, it's only throwing me more out of balance. Yeah. It's very interesting because, you know, it, you can't just be like, I'm a vata, so I like these things. But even that, it's like people who quite clearly have some kind of pitta imbalance, like their dosha is pitta. Mm. They love spicy food oh, yeah. and they love doing lots of things and mm-hmm. they love going out in the sun and, yeah. you know, all of these things that are going to aggravate pitta mm-hmm. even more. Yeah, very interesting, huh? Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, so when we say what's my dosha, that generally speaks to our most common tendency to go out of balance. And so as I spoke to before, our unique constitution, our prakriti, is just a unique... Uh, variation of the three doshas within our existence and commonly we have two prominent 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 predominant predominant i don't know prominent uh doshas and then one that's a little less and so for me my predominant doshas is pitta and vata and then my less predominant is kapha for Aaron, it's kapha and pitta, and less predominant is vata so we're quite opposite but also very similar with that pitta in there Mm. um and there's also a, a, a more rare, but I wouldn't even say rare because I've seen lots of people with this. Well, not me personally, but in my courses and stuff is this idea of tridoshic or samadosha, which just means that their prakriti, their unique balanced constitution is an even balance of all three. So they're evenly vata, pitta, and kapha, which some could perceive as a good thing. But generally, this also means that their vikriti or their dosha that tends to go out of balance the most could be all three of them. So they tend to maybe have to deal with a little bit more imbalance than us. Yeah. Cool. Okay, so what's vata, pitta, kapha? Cool. So as I said before, kapha is the dosha that is comprised of mainly earth and water. I keep mixing air and earth. They sound the same. So kapha is predominantly made up of earth and water. Pitta is predominantly made up of fire and water. And when we speak about water in that context, we're mostly speaking about like oil, acid. Um, And then vata is predominantly made of air and ether. And... I think the doshas can get super complicated and super hard to understand sometimes. I think when I was first trying to get my head around them, it was hard. Yeah, me um, too. But there's a concept I want to introduce to you guys that really makes the doshas accessible and I guess like embodied knowledge, uh, which I find really helpful. And the concept is the Garvadi Gunas, which are these 20 pairs of opposites that exist within all of nature. Garvadi I don't know. Govadi? Gurvadi. Gurvadi. I'm just guessing, but I'm pretty sure it's G-U-R. <laughs> cool. Gurvadi Gunas. Um, I actually haven't found it in my textbook. Uh, well, they were in there, but I can't remember what they were called. Anyway, that's what they are, the Gurvadi Gunas. And they're the 20 pairs of opposites. And we haven't spoken about Gunas. Oh, I think we have spoken about Gunas on yeah, this podcast. What episode have. was that? Um, the Mind? The Mind. 
Okay. So if you've heard of us spoke about the mind on this podcast, we would have introduced the topic of guna being the uh, quality of nature. And so this is just the 20 pairs of opposites of nature. And I think it's interesting to kind of go through the 20 pairs of opposites first and then to speak about them in terms of Vata Pitta Kapha. So the first pair that we have is light and heavy. Should I just list them and then we'll talk about them more in the doshas? <laughs> yeah, go for All it. Right. So light and heavy is the first pair. The second pair is dull and sharp. Third pair is cold and hot. Fourth pair is oily and dry. Fifth pair is smooth and rough. Then dense and liquid. Soft and hard. Stable and mobile. Gross and subtle. And cloudy and clear. Mm. And so these uh, qualities of nature speak to that. Exactly. Qualities of nature that exist within the universe and hopefully all of the qualities of nature. If we are trying to describe something to someone, I'm sure we are using a word that stems from one of these qualities. Yeah, definitely. I can see just about everything in that. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And so when we start to talk about the doshas from this perspective of the Gravati Gunas, it can be really easy to understand. So let's start by chatting about Vata. Hang on, I just want to put in that we're going to put the list of the Gravati Gunas in the show notes, show notes for mm-hmm. this show. So if you're listening in Spotify or Apple or whatever, you should just be able to scroll down mm-hmm. and read through those yourself. Yeah. yeah. And so, yeah, the these qualities exist within all the doshas and some doshas have more than others and different qualities and so understanding these pairs of opposites can understand the contrasting between the doshas so vata let's start with uh, the first quality is dry and this was the opposite of oily or wet Mm. and so the quality of dry is is that exactly just dryness uh, lack of moisture how many different ways can you say dry? I know, I think it's... Not a, wet. Not <laughs> Maybe an example. Um, it's like Vata people get dry skin a lot. Yeah. Cracked lips. Um, yeah, I think Do they get very thirsty? Maybe, maybe, I don't know if I would say that. But yeah, it's just like Vata people, it's very common to have dry skin or cracked lips. Yeah, you know that feeling when you have the heater on all night, you've yeah. got the heating, you wake up in the morning and you're just like, yeah. I need water now. Yeah. Because you're so dried out yeah. from the inside out. Yeah, and even if you think about when you go up to the snow or up to the Alpine mountains. You come back with those red-ass chapped lips. Yeah because there's so much air and ether up there yeah it's more air and ether than anything else up in the mountains so no wonder that 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 quality is of dryness and the cold yeah for sure we haven't got to that quality yet (laughs) okay next quality on vata's list is light the opposite of light is heavy and so this really speaks to these qualities of air and ether these qualities of being able to go with the wind uh, you know, like run like the wind, bullseye. If you think of like an autumn leaf just being so light that it just flows with and the wind. Also dry. Also dry. Yes, <laughs> hint, hint. Um, but this idea of lightness, and so Vata people tend to more have more of a petite frame, mm. tend to be a little bit lighter than uh, the others. Anything else you want to say on lightness? 
What is all that noise? You know. <laughs> She's making a mess she out there. She was just shaking. Okay, then. Um, yeah, lightness. I don't know. It's pretty straightforward. Yeah. It's things that are light. Okay, cool. Next up is cold. So this is the opposite to hot, which is what Aaron was kind of hinting at before. And so this coldness can also create this dryness. And mm. that, that's what like those alpine snow top mountains create is this cool and dryness. Yeah. Well, you think about what happens to water when it's cooled down. Mm. It freezes yeah. and becomes dry. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And so Vata people tend to have cooler cold hands extremities. And toes. Cold hands and toes. <laughs> and then they want to put them on you in bed while you're trying to sleep <laughs> at very inappropriate times oh. when they could just be putting on gloves and socks instead. Yes, but Vata people tend to have those cold fingers and toes. Um Called everything <laughs> all the time. Yeah. Okay. Next quality is rough. Uh, so the opposite of smooth. And this can really speak to, uh, I guess, that, that same idea of your skin is rough and dry. Um, yeah. You think about smoothness as like a bird swiftly, smoothly yeah. flying through the air. Yeah. They can be a little bit rough, I guess, with their like thoughts and their movements. It can kind of be a little bit erratic. Yeah. And, um, yeah, sharp, but sharp's not one of the qualities here, but it's like kind of sharp, almost sharp is rough. <laughs> <laughs> okay, next is subtle. So the opposite of subtle is gross. And what this really speaks to is exactly the, that of air and ether. Air and ether are the subtlest elements of the five. And when we speak to subtle, we speak to the, the things that are the hardest to grasp. Yeah. Or the hardest to understand or touch. Um, being the opposite of gross. And so Vata people tend to have a bigger capacity to uh, connect with the subtle aspects of themselves, the subtle aspects of the universe, mm. meaning that they uh, have a tendency to connect deeper in meditation. Yeah, for sure. And even Naturally, just creativity. Yeah, yeah being able to cre yeah, touch those creative realms. Mm. Mm. Uh, next up is mobile. Uh, and the opposite of mobile was static or stable. Yeah, so mobile meaning moving Movement. around. Mm, erraticness. Yes. Vata people like to travel. Yeah, Vata people like to travel. They like to talk very quickly. Uh, they like to... Move. Move. Exercise in fast ways, movement ways. Their thoughts like to move around a lot. Mm. Yeah. And then the last quality of vata is clear, the opposite of cloudy. And so one in balance, vata can be very clear and have a lot of clarity around uh, themselves and who they are and also having clarity around, uh, you know, being able to connect with themselves and the, you know, subtle realms. They see the truth a little bit more clearly, I would say. Okay, so recap for Vata, we have the qualities of dry, light, cold, rough, subtle, mobile, and clear. Mm. And my assumption here is that these things in excess will put Vata out of balance. Mm -hmm. So too much dry, too much light, too much cold, too much rough, it will aggravate Vata, yeah. meaning that it will it will throw you out of balance in that way. Correct. And it's probably a good way to 
kind of look at your symptoms. What's going on for me right now? Am I feeling dry, like cold, rough, subtle, mobile, clear? Is that an inkling that something's going on mm. within my vata? And it can be very simple because when you think about it like that, oh, I have very like dry, cracked skin. What can I do to fix that? Moisture. Yes. Put some oil on it. Yeah. Oil, abhyanga, shower, uh, you know, less ducted heating. <laughs> <laughs> more oil in your cooking, uh, more heavy, moist meal. Have an oil bath. <laughs> but yes, it can That's be very simple for you to... Um, to work out what it is that you need to bring yourself more into balance when you when you work out a symptom like that. Cool. Okay. What are the pitta. qualities of pitta? Hot. So the opposite of cold, heat, fire, mm. warmth. Pitta people can be very short-tempered. Yes. Angry. Hot-headed. Hot-headed. Yeah. <laughs> um, when out of balance or maybe in balance, probably not in balance. When in balance, they're very driven. Um, and very passionate. That fire turns to passionate. Anyway, hot hands, hot feet, mm-hmm. hot uh, appetites. Yeah, yeah. Like P- spicy food. Yeah, pizza people love spicy food generally. Um, and they also, as Aaron hinted at before, have a hot ha- appetite, meaning that they tend to eat more or are more hungry. <laughs> mm. uh, another quality of pizza is sharp. Exactly that of fire, sharpness. Straight to the point. Yeah. Cut to the truth. Yeah, they're really like the leaders of, of uh, the world. Yeah. Bullshit free. <laughs> Just this sharpness that cuts straight to the point. Yeah. And when they when they speak, they speak kind of fast, but more so argumentative is their yeah. vibe, is, is that they will always be right. <laughs> um, another quality of pitta is light, which is also a quality of vata. We think of this light as the quality of fire. Fire mm. is light. It emits light. It, it creates also light. light. Yeah, for sure. Um, but yeah, we already really spoke to that one. So pitta people can be, I guess, you know, pitta is generally uh, categorized as the medium frame, um, but they can also be quite athletic as well, which can be this lightness. Uh, another quality of pitta is mobile, similarly to vata. So pitta people are very driven. Uh, they like to move. They like to exercise. They like to run. They like to run. They like to burn their fire up. Um, yeah. <laughs> and then another quality of pitta is oily. So instead of dry, they're oily, which is interesting because you think fire would dry you out. But this really speaks to like the acidity of uh, fire. Have you ever put have you ever seen a grease fire? No. Remember that time? The ocean? Um, no, not the ocean. When Harriet was trying to deep fry something on the stove and it blew up yeah. and there was fire coming out. Yeah. So when when oil catches fire and you put water on it, it blows up. Yeah, right. Um, so it's it's very much like if you make a fire out of wood mm-hmm. which is quite a normal thing to burn and then you put water on it or you blow it it'll just go out mm-hmm. if you light fire to oil mm-hmm. like if oil goes on fire that fire does not want to go out yeah at all yeah you put water on it it'll get bigger you <laughs> blow on it it'll get bigger mm-hmm. it just keeps going and going and going it's the most intense type of fire mm. And so oily, you know, for pizza people can be oilier skin, oilier. That I just want to say, don't create a grease fire. Mm. Don't light fire to oil on my recommendation. I'm not, no. I'm not saying do that. No, no, no. 
Maybe just YouTube it if you want to know. <laughs> um, anyway, oily? Yeah, so if people can have oily skin, they can tend to have more blemishes because of this or uh, pimples. That's also a sign of pitta. Um, they also are very um, not okay with oily food. Mm. It adds too much oil to their grease fire. <laughs> <laughs> Um, okay, cool. Kapha is next. Kapha has the most qualities. Um, it's very interesting. So as I spoke to, Kapha is the dosha of earth and water. And yeah, let's just get stuck into it. So the first quality of Kapha is heavy, opposite to that of Pitta and Vata. And this just means they're a little bit more dense. They're a little bit more bigger built. So the Kapha people tend to have uh, bigger bones or bigger belt built, but they also tend to be the most curvy, uh, voluptuous um, people. Really beautiful to understand this concept of, of Kapha and Pitta and Vata in terms of weight and in terms of uh, body build because so many people these days aren't happy with their body and they're trying to look a certain way when, you know, for some people it's it's they're not going to change that much they're only going to change to a different variation of themselves and not only that but that uh size that heaviness if you try to change that too much it can pull you out of balance oh yeah it can add contribute to your imbalance mm. um so sometimes it's very important to understand, okay, well, I just have more kapha in my constitution. Yeah. So for me, Svasta, that perfect health is 80 or 100 kilos. You know, I don't <laughs> have to 100. lose weight. <laughs> well, some people, yeah. Well, yeah, for some people, exactly right. Um, and yeah, like it, it's really empowering to understand this so that you don't think you have to, like, you know, you're not putting that excess pressure on yourself to lose weight, even if you're eating healthy, even if you're doing all the right practices and you're still not losing weight. It's because, you know, you're not meant to. You're meant to be at this cuffic stage. And and the benefit of this is kapha is uh, also very loving, very nurturing, very caring and maternal. And, and that is really reflected in this heaviness. We we need kapha people to be grounded um, and heavy so that they can hold us and nurture us and love us as vato and pitta people. Hmm. We need that. <laughs> <laughs> okay, next quality is... Uh, that. I don't think you meant to pull that off, Aaron. I didn't. <laughs> okay. Next quality of kapha is slow uh, or dull. And what this really speaks to is... The kapha person tends to speak in a more slower manner, a lot more melodious in their way that they talk. Um, dull doesn't necessarily mean a bad thing. It just means not so sharp. It means soft almost. Mm. Anything you want to add to that? No, I think that's good. Dull. Cool. Kapha is cold as well. And more so than vata, because vata is cold and dry, kapha is cold and oily or liquidy. And what this speaks to is like a dampness, like moisture, mm. cold moisture. Um, so often kapha people are quite cold as well, but it's more like a clammy, like they get clammy hands. and mm. Like sweaty and cold. Yes, yeah, sweaty and cold. and um, That's not a nice feeling. Oh, sometimes. 
um, but yeah, this oily and liquid quality, um, as well as a smooth quality, moving on to the next one, can really be spoken about about Kaffa's skin. Like Kaffa's skin is soft and supple and oily, but in a beautiful way. And uh, kind of like the skin of a baby, like a fresh baby <laughs> in their chubby cheeks. A fresh baby. That is Kaffa. Straight out the baby factory. <laughs> that is Kaffa, this, this oily, liquid, smooth, almost slimy uh, skin. That's very Kaffa. <laughs> <laughs> it's beautiful. Okay, next. Anything you want to add to those ones? No. Okay. Next one is dense. Cover people are more dense. That kind of lines up with heavy. Yeah, it just kind of it's like the opposite of liquid. It's very interesting because dense and liquid are both in cover. But it's just, I guess, the um, you know, when you think about what you do, what happens when you um, mix earth and water together, is you get mud. <laughs> And you just get like a dense liquid of uh, thickness. Thickness is a good word for yeah. kaffa. Uh, really beautiful and thick. Um, another word is soft. We spoke about soft kind of already. It's just this very sweet, nurturing, motherly aspect of kaffa. And that doesn't mean that they're women uh, because Aaron's very kaffa and he just has that very sweet... Um, caring nurturing personality he's very soft and i'm very hard (laughs) (laughs) you are my friend yeah uh another quality of kaffa is static so that which doesn't like to move so much the opposite of mobile kaffa people love to lay around and and not do much um they like to be slow in their movements um but funnily enough, kaffa, it is quite important to get them moving and quite, quite important to uh, not create so much lethargy and, and staticness. Yeah. You, you think about that, like, sleepiness. Mm. Of just like, oh, I can't be bothered doing anything. Yeah. I just want to lounge around. <laughs> That's kaffa. <laughs> Some of those people need to get up and move. Yeah. Okay. Next up is sticky. Um and sticky is kind of like a quality like cloudy so it's it's um the opposite of clear so kaffa as as i said it's made up of earth and water and that can be very muddy it can be very foggy uh so sometimes it's it it creates you know when you get up you sleep in late and you wake up at like nine or ten o'clock and you just wake up foggy that Mm. is kaffa it's just like oh i'm not clear anymore i feel sticky and i feel foggy and i can't see anything clearly that is kaffa uh hard and gross the last two qualities of kaffa hard just being the opposite to soft which again is very interesting that kaffa holds hard as well um and gross being the opposite to subtle so also like the most dense the most accessible the most um tangible of the doshas anything you want to add no i think that was a lot um Mm. and i think just understanding the difference between you know, all of us have all three of yeah. these within our constitution. All of us have these 20 qualities within us. Yeah. And so really what what we're trying to help you to understand by explaining this to you is that there is a difference between your dosha and your constitution, mm-hmm. your prakriti and your vikriti, mm-hmm. that you have all three of these within you Mm -hmm. you are a makeup of vata and the pitta and the kapha and your dosha is your tendency toward imbalance yeah and so when you see and feel 
yourself going out of balance, when you see and feel um, something that is not contributing to that state of perfect health for you, and you know what that feels like, the memory of that lives within you. Mm -hmm. When you see that and when you feel that, you can go to these uh, qualities of vata, pitta, and kapha, and you can see where the imbalance is coming from. Mm -hmm. Therefore, you know what you need to, to kind of pacify whatever that imbalance is. Yeah, and at the end of the day, it just comes back to some yoga and V-yoga. What is it that pulls me towards this state of balance, this state of connection to myself? And what is it that separates me from this state? <sighs> it can be as simple as that. <laughs> <laughs> cool. All right, what's next on your agenda, No, Paige? that was it for today. Cool. Yeah, just an introduction to very foundational concepts. If you're interested in learning more about Ayurveda, you can always message us. I can give you some book recommendations. I am so close to finishing my uh, course to be able to consult uh, Ayurvedic lifestyle consultations and recommendations. So uh, make sure you're signed up to our email list or anything, Instagram, etc., to hear more about that when I'm ready to go because I would love to have you as a client. <laughs> um, uh, if you're in the local area, I do offer Ayurvedic treatments, massage, which is really oh, they're beautiful. so good. I would high. I, I just let's just stop for a second. This is an ad. <laughs> <laughs> this is an ad. Um, Paige's massages are the best. I was really lucky because I got to be her like model for the massages and all the Ayurvedic treatments that she does, um, and. Yeah, the one, the Abhyanga, the, the warm oil massage is beautiful. It's a full body massage working with the more subtle uh, energetic channels. But the piece de resistance, I don't even know what that means. <laughs> the best bit of all of this is the Shiradhara. Mm -hmm. um, Shiradhara is a warm oil dripping on your forehead. And it is the most relaxing thing in the world um it's very good for pratyahara to take you inward for for meditation practice it's mm -hmm. kind of like a assisted meditation it's also great if you struggle sleeping um but yeah so if you live around the barrack area and you feel like you need some relaxation or just want to try something new that's very, very nourishing, I would highly recommend that you uh, hit up Pagey, use the code Aaron <laughs> for a 10% discount on any Ayurvedic treatments. Do you get a free massage with that one? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Maybe there'll be a pay share kind of oh, structure. Dear me. <laughs> but yes, if you're interested, I offer these beautiful treatments and would love to share them with you. So let me know. Cool. Yes. Okay, then. Well, um, thanks so much for joining us. We really appreciate it. You guys know that. We just love doing this. Mm -hmm. And it's so nice. We've been getting some sweet messages recently, yeah. just from very sweet people all over the country, all mm -hmm. over the world. Um, so, yeah, we really love it when you guys reach out to us. Mm -hmm. it, it's really building a sense of community um, that's no not local yeah yeah it's it's really nice and when you guys share it oh my gosh if you enjoyed this podcast please share it with uh someone that you love or someone that you think could benefit from it because it's helping our community grow so much and we just get so many sweet messages from people that have found it on instagram or a friend has shared it to them 
uh, and it's it's a really beautiful way that you guys can support us because we don't make any money from these podcasts and uh, that's okay but you know the way you can support us to keep sharing is uh, sharing sharing (laughs) (laughs) and another way that you could support us would be to sign up to our online yoga studio yes uh, which we run through our website it's levelup.yoga it's going to be changing soon (laughs) Um, but we upload uh, four new classes a month and at the moment we're kind of starting to stray into some more educational content Mm. some more workshop style content it's getting Um, fun we're doing some longer classes but there's and also short classes too. <laughs> but there's also short classes. There's seriously anything you could ever want. Yeah, the class times range from 20 minutes to about two and a half hours <laughs> plus. Um, and it's only $29 a month. Yeah, So and the library is huge. It's like over 100 classes now. Yeah. Um, and it, it reflects the four pillar system that we share at Level Up, which is um, the solar and lunar hatha yoga, the yin yoga, and then a breath and meditation practice. And then there's, yeah, as I said, workshops and lectures and all sorts of cool stuff on there. So if you're interested to get to know us a little bit more and actually practice the yoga with us rather than just listen to us talk about the yoga. Yeah, because we are yoga teachers. Yeah, we are. And uh, that being said, I have taught thousands upon thousands of yoga classes (laughs) and Paige's getting up there yeah. as well so join us um, we would love to have you practice with us yeah and and we love asana practices and yeah. meditation practices so please come and join us over there um there's a seven day free trial as well yeah which is always good value i think Get it's just very and, and very beautiful because you can listen to us talk and you can understand who we are on a on a level like that a surface level but actually practicing our classes practicing the style of yoga that we teach i can guarantee you will understand us on a very intimate level and i can also say that there are many practices within that online studio that reflect things that we talk about in the podcast Mm. you know there's uh practices for moving into the higher mind from our mind episode with the four functions of the mind there's like vata pacifying practices and pitta pacifying practices um there is practices to awaken your inner fire you know it's it's really experiential and and we try to reflect the philosophies that we talk about in the podcast and our now trainings and that kind of stuff um in the practices that we share on the online platform so yeah definitely sign up if you're keen on that if you want to stay updated with us you can find us on social media at levelup.yoga again that's going to be changing soon also on our website levelup.yoga we run a yoga studio it's in Berwick Berwick is great if you don't know where Berwick is it's in the southeast suburbs of Melbourne Uh, we're super close to the train station so if you live in Melbourne you can just get the train Uh, if you don't have a license or anything like that Pakenham line get off at Berwick it's about a two minute walk to the studio anyway this is where we run workshops yes get in there come and join us and we run teacher training so if you're interested in learning about this is the longest ad ever I wonder if anyone's still listening shout out if you're still listening to us go on about our our ads but if you are interested in learning more and diving deep into the sciences of yoga and Ayurveda check out our yoga teacher trainings we just announced a month-long 
200 hour program mm -hmm. immersive just you get to spend a month with us a month full time yeah um in Berwick, which is even more exciting <laughs> <laughs> so if you came for that check the website hariyom much love see you next time om um.